ladies and gentlemen, guess what? We are here. We back. We back, you guys. We back for another episode of No Business Like Show Business. We are your hosts. My name is Preston Ernest. And I am Nadia. And this <laughs> is the show. It's just us today. It's just us today. We haven't done one of these in a long time. It's about time. I know. It's like we, we our plan was to do three interviews and then one check-in, three interviews and one check-in. Yeah. And it's just been... We've had some really great guests Interviews. and then we've had, we had the audio drama with the Halloween thing and the spectacular. Mwah. And so, um, we didn't get around to it. So, yeah. um, we were like, okay, I think we need to do this. It's just, yeah, it's great. It is great. And we're happy to be back. We're happy to be checking in. I'm so happy to be looking you in the eyes. Cause usually we're at different corners of the room. Yeah. You're looking good, babe. Oh, thank you. Get that yawn. <laughs> that new mother yawn. How you been? New mother. Um, I've been good. I've just been, you know, busy with life and work, auditions and yeah. this podcast and wrapping up the year. And so, yeah. The puppies. I'm looking at Charlie right now. Who wants to lick my feet? Um, and you're not going to let her. No, I'm just too... I don't want to take my socks off. I feel so free, babe. I'm in my boxers right now. You guys, he's standing up just in the middle of our living room in his boxers. Like, I love it. We decided to, to, to hold off on the video aspect of the podcast until we can build a team. Uh, and while we're doing that, your boy is enjoying the freedom of not being on tape. Yeah, me too. I actually am not. I'm just sitting here with my belly popped out. I was about to say, you got your belly popped out, but you look very put together otherwise. Thanks. Yeah, of course. We, so we, whenever we were preparing for this episode, we had a bunch of conversation about what we want it to be and none of them ended up making the cut. The cut. <laughs> so. so here we are completely like um, off the cuff. That's right. Just talking about what's been going on because we, I feel like we've had... I think our last check-in was one of those where we were just kind of, how do you stay encouraged? How yep. do you keep moving? Like, what are the obstacles that get in your way? And since then, it's just been like, we've had some really amazing guests that have come and kind of just given really good perspective on like, how to stay motivated when it gets hard, when it gets slow. Mm. I think, uh, personally, I feel like for for me anyway, and one of the things I've been talking to Preston about is seasons. You know, there are seasons in life. Seasons of life. Is that a song in real life? Oh my goodness. You don't know Rent? Babe, I don't. You don't know Rent? I don't. I'm sorry. 525,600 minutes. I know that one. That's called that's... Seasons of Life. Okay. Well, there are seasons. And so I think it's like trying to navigate the seasons of life that you're in, you know, and sometimes you yeah. want to do everything all at once, but then oh, yeah. it becomes overwhelming. And so it's kind of like trying to navigate those waters of like seasons and really just um, kind of re almost like, I almost kind of look at it as like um, reevaluating, like what are the things that are realistic for like the season of life that you're in, which we are in a season of, transition because yep. we have a 17 month old and then I'm five months pregnant now. I don't, I don't even know, like 21 weeks or something. Good night. And we're going to have a baby in like four months and um, 
just really kind of, and you know, everybody's wired differently. So yeah, I think everybody's- And some people like me are cross-wired. <laughs> or that. So <laughs> just figuring that out, I feel like we've been trying to um, be encouraged by the different stories and kind of like knowing that there's no one way to do something. Yeah. And also- And I, you, maybe you'll agree with this. We'll see. But um, something that I found is something that is very frustrating about the fact or there is, and let, let me gather my thought. There's something frustrating about it not having an answer as to what you should do next for your career. Does that make sense? Like there's something frustrating about how everyone's path is so different. Yeah. Because then you can't go, well, I can't follow that path because that's not going to, I'm not going to have the same result. That might not be your path. Correct. But but in the same coin, if you flip that coin and you look at it the same way, it's so cool to know everyone has a different path and yours could be special. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's hard to see it like that. I know. You know what I mean? It's hard to, it's hard to, uh, think about, you know, you see, you know, you look to your left, your right, you see all these people who are seemingly making waves in the industry. You see people whose career are uh, skyrocketing or you hop online and you feel like everyone's in a private island every Everybody's other week. Everybody's doing more. I don't know about private islands. I don't know how I feel about those. I follow Justin Bieber, so. Oh, okay. Well, I don't. Actually, I don't think he's ever posted about a private island. He just made that up. I just made it up, guys, off the cuff. Um, but <laughs> what's cool about it is if, you know, a common thread over the past couple of interviews that we've had, and actually maybe we can discuss this, a common thread has been that when you forget about what everyone else is doing and you focus in on your passion, what brought you to the industry? How do you, like, if you're an actor, why? What do you love? What stories do you love to tell? What stories do you love to watch? What are you inspired by? And then if you dive into that and you focus in on you and what makes you unique and what you can bring to the table that no one else can bring to the table, I think that's whenever things start to move. Yeah, I mean, at least... That's what it seems like. Yeah, I mean, I know we had a guest that we won't, I won't say her name because I don't want to spoil it for when we release her episode, but we just had a guest we interviewed... um, on Monday, I think it was. It was Monday. And um, it was last Monday. It was this Monday. This last Monday. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, it was this last Monday. But either way, one of the things that she really stressed was being authentic. And I think we've talked about that so many times on this podcast. It's yeah. like being authentic, you know. And I think that's just, that's something to really like, um, she was kind of talking about the actors that she sees that work the most are the most authentic and they just have this confidence about them. And I know we keep talking about that. Yeah. So I think that, you know, kind of like I would say in these, for me anyway, I can't speak for everybody else, but in this season of kind of like limbo, I feel like I'm in a season of limbo Yeah. where it's like, I'm auditioning, you know, close to booking jobs, you know, um, I, you know, I did some writing when, with the audio drama. That was like a big thing for me. Um, it's kind of like asking myself, like, what am I supposed to be learning in the season? And what am I supposed to be doing? And what am I not supposed to be doing? In the yeah. sense of like, there are just some things that aren't going to serve me. And if I'm like chasing after every like thing, because I think I should be. And I, that's one of yeah. the things I'm also learning is that I need to stop shitting myself. And I don't mean <laughs> shitting, like shitting, but shitting. Shitting. Yeah, I need to stop shooting myself, <laughs> and um, 
I think that that also kind of just gives you like a sense of like confidence and just like hey, that'll be a new T-shirt. Like peace. Yeah. Well, we have all these like T-shirt ideas that we're supposed to have our merch. <laughs> Um, so we can add it to the list. So yeah, I think that that's been like a good thing of just kind of, just kind of being where, where I'm at, and just being like, okay, well, what am I, what am I doing? What do I have the time to do? What do I want to be doing? Because it's also for me, it's that I do want to spend so much time with, with our son, and yeah. you know, I know that this is good. Like, it's going to change so much in the next four months when um, our little guy comes. The, our baby coming up that I just kind of want to soak this time in because yeah. it's going to f- then f- just never be the three of us again. It's crazy when you think about that. If you think about like life events <clears throat> before the life event happens and changes your life forever, it's like you really could take some time to enjoy the time that we have as three of us. You know, you and I, were, I believe we were intentional before Judah came about, hey, these are our last you know, week together, just you and me. And this is our last night together, just you and me, you know, and those things can be really special. Yeah. Especially before life moves. And I think people who are in the entertainment industry, maybe you listening can relate. Maybe you're on set right now thinking this, that often our job in the entertainment world moves at such a quick pace and there's so much that happens uh, and you're always after the next job and you're always looking to get hired and you're always looking for what's next, that often life itself, the everyday life can be thrown in the mix. And before you know it, you look up and, you know, God forbid you look up and your son's grown. Yeah. You know? And um, I think finding that balance is just as important as, you know, being authentic in your work, being authentic in your life. Yeah. I I think that there's something to that. You know what I mean? And things, and I'm learning that different people are driven by different things and that's okay too. You know, I went to go see a um, comedy special um, from Angelina Spicer, who's a comic and a stand up, And she was, um, creating like, you know, taping for this documentary that she's doing about postpartum depression. And I really loved how she um, was able to use her platform, which is comedy and stand up, to tell a story and her story about like postpartum depression. It's something that yeah. a lot of women don't talk about or they just never heard of and in certain communities. And it was such a... It was such a roller coaster of a ride to go see the show because on one end it was funny yeah. and on the other end it was kind of like so hit home. Yeah, because it's you like went you're one that. minute you're laughing, the next minute you're crying. Yeah. And um it was just really interesting to kind of just also see that, you know, she had to take time for herself for a little while. And then, you know, just talking to different moms that were there, it's just like some moms like she was talking about like, hey, I give props to all the stay-at-home moms or the moms that are at home all the time. She goes, I just can't do that. Like, you know, she's like, I had to like get help. I had to get childcare. I had to, like she kind of had to get back to the grind and that and that's okay. Where like, I think for some moms, including myself, the struggle is I should be doing more and hustling more because time is ticking. But also these couple first three years of judah's life i feel like are for me like so important that i want i don't want to miss anything so i I think that's the balance but i just i love um how even in that time when she was struggling because i think her daughter's like three now or something like that three or four maybe three 
And she's just shooting the special now. I mean, mind you, I'm sure she's been working on this for a while because she's an for advocate sure. and yeah. influencer and, and, you know, um, but I think that it's also, it's not like this was eight months ago that she had a baby and like she's out there doing a comedy special and she's recording it and like, right. so it's just perspective. Right. And, um, and I think the quicker we internalize that as, you know, artists that we live in like the everyday life that's built of social media and everything being on demand makes you believe that also, also your art should be on demand. What do you like, mean? <clears throat> here's what I'm getting at. If, if you are working on something you're passionate about, an example would be the short film that I've been working on. Right, which I definitely want to talk more about that. And we'll dive into it. But if you're working on something and, and you're like, man, I just, I need that thing to be out in the world, right? And then every other piece of your life is on demand. We got Disney Plus now. We can watch every Disney movie. Yay! You know, we got Postmates in the world. If you never want to leave your house, you can. You know, you got social media where someone can post something and, and instantly it gets the immediate gratification of people liking it. Now, obviously, Instagram's doing away with the likes, but... It, but in a way, it's like also you have uh, a false... Oh, I would kind of call it a false sense of like... Doing something. Community, in a way. Totally. Because you also have access to all your quote unquote friends and people, maybe even people that you had done life with, but you almost feel like you're doing life with them because you see what they're doing every day. Yeah. But really you're, you, 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 don't. you haven't seen them in months. And, and that kind of leads you down the path of you're working on something you're passionate about and you think, Oh, I'm not doing good enough because it's not out yet. You know, you're shooting yourself. You're saying, I should have gotten this done. I should have did this. I should have did that. And you are looking over a process that takes time and is individual. And going back to what you were talking about with um, the, uh, forgive me, her- Angelina uh, Angelina Spicer. Spicer, uh, With her experience of her show coming out three years after her baby and her experience. It's like art takes time. It takes time to internalize and then to turn into something. And it's like to get, to hop on, you know, your back and be like, I should have been doing more. I should have been doing this, I think is a disservice whenever you're looking around and you're like, every movie that you love took years, every single one of them. So why are we sitting here being frustrated with ourselves for not getting something done quick enough and, and feeling like, oh, we're behind or, or everyone else is doing these things. And it's so interesting because it's juxtaposed juxtaposed with a culture that needs everything to be the, the, the speed of a snap. You know what I mean? Right. But it's like the more, you know, as we've had these discussions with our wonderful guests, you know, it's like, it's leading me to the understanding that like, as long as we can take care of our family life, as long as we pay our bills, as long as we uh, stay afloat, keep eating and keep working, it's like, there isn't really this, time frame that needs to be hit and it is an individual journey and when we can internalize that it doesn't like what other people are doing doesn't matter literally the thing that we're working on can when it's ready could be the thing that takes us to the next level you know what i mean and i think it's really easy to get lost in that rat race yeah and then you look up and you realize you are one of the rats <laughs> yeah that's 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 the thing i don't want to be a rat I don't want to be a rat either. Unless it's a cool one. Like from Ratatouille. Okay. <laughs> have you seen that movie? I have not. Oh, you're in luck. 
we got Disney Disney? Plus. So we're doing the $7.99 or $6.99 Disney Plus seven-day trial. So we paused our... Wait, you have to pay for the trial? No, the the trial is free. So we're still in the seven-day trial. And then we're pausing our Hulu. And then we're doing our Disney Plus. Awesome. Because that stuff is awesome. I'm a big High School Musical fan. Yes, he is. And I can't wait to show my honey all three movies. Oh, gosh. You know, I'm tired late these days, right? <laughs> I don't think I can stay up for any movies, which, you know, we went to go see The Joker a couple weeks ago. Yes. Which was great. Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, across the billion? You just said that yesterday, I think. Yeah. That's amazing. That's crazy. That's crazy. It is crazy. Um. But yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's insane that they have that one whole platform for all every single Disney movie ever. I know you keep looking, and it's like not only do they have Disney movies like the old ones, but they also have all of the Disney family movies like Pirates of the Caribbean, and they also have all of the Pixar. Pixar, movies. I know. I'm I'm like, <sighs> I keep saying I want to watch Up because that's one of my favorite yeah. movies, but I just don't have the emotional like. Uh, capacity, capacity right now. <laughs> I feel like every time I watch that movie within like the first seven minutes, I'm bawling. So well, I'm it like, has that montage that's the saddest thing I in the world. Can, oh my God, I want to die. But I'm just like, I can't watch it today. I'm so tired. I just feel like this is going to drain me, but it's also so good. Yeah. And they have all the Disney original channel movies. Yeah. So if you grew up like myself in the 90s, uh, you remember all the movies like Motocross, um, uh, Johnny Tsunami, uh, Xenon Girl of the 21st Century, all these crazy movies. Those are even on there. That's nuts. So, uh, so baby, why don't you talk to the people while I fix your microphone? Yeah, I don't know what I did. I tried fixing it and I just knocked it over. But it's been... <laughs> oh, my God. It's been, um, it's been kind of cool watching all those old movies. Um, and also... It's all just kind of cool to see like the progression of like the technology. I know, right? Yeah. And even like uh, whenever you see the old ones that were formatted for TVs that were square. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot that was a thing. Oh gosh, yeah. I forget. I don't even know why we got on Disney Plus. We were talking about uh, authenticity and internalizing uh, your own timing. <laughs> well, we're talking about the movies that we've been watching too. We went yeah, and you, the you had brought up the Joker. Yeah, yeah. That we just that we just saw it and it was good. And you know, we're trying to find more time to do more like life stuff, couple stuff. Totally. Um, you, I know we talked about it. We've been kind of talking about it, and uh, since we've been doing like end of show. Um, I guess our talk at the end of show. Sure. Um, it's been really cool to kind of, you know, uh, you just finished up that workshop. That was your first one that you ever did. Yes. And then so the workshop she's talking about is I did a casting director workshop with a really, uh, really cool company out here. That's both in New York and LA and it's called one-to-one New York. And then here in LA, it's technically one-to-one, but it's also, has a name specific to LA called Next Level Studios. They're one and the same, uh, but they they host uh, legit workshops. So workshops meaning- Classes. Classes that you can learn from casting directors. You can work with a casting director uh, to see how each casting director um, you know, runs their own business and how uh, what's 
a best way to, you know, do your work for them. And then as well as they have some managers and agents one, but I did my first one. Uh, that was a two week span one. And I got to say, I was thoroughly impressed you, um, as an actor, you know, we often, we get lost in some of the things that we need to do, but then forget that training and meeting other people in the industry is really important, <laughs> just as important as your headshot, you know? Yeah. And, um, so this was the first one I've done. I'd always written them off. I'd always been told, you know, like, Hey, you know, don't do a head, you know? And there was even in LA, there was this scandal a few years ago where, um, people were conducting, uh, workshops, but they were doing it for hire, which is illegal. Well, or, or some, some kind of something happened where people were doing it illegally. And as a result, they cracked down on a lot of uh, workshops. And then we were all in kind of limbo because it's kind of difficult if you don't know a casting director uh, to be brought in for work unless you know them or you have an agent or manager who knows them. And so, you know, you kind of find yourself caught in the middle. So it's, it's good that there are places that are legit that have, um, you know, uh, business ethics, in, in other words. Um, but it was great. I got to meet a, a casting director who's doing great things and works for a really great company. And it was just fun to be reinforced that casting directors want actors to do well. Yeah, they're not your enemies. No, no. In fact, actually, I'm going to share this. This is great. This is important for actors out there. If you're an actor out there and you still get intimidated by the audition scene, uh, one, you're not alone. Two, um, whenever we were, I was in the class, one of the biggest takeaways that I got is someone had asked our casting director, they said, um, what's the biggest, like, uh, what gets you most frustrated? You know, like actors can get frustrated for a number of reasons. I'm sure there's things that frustrate casting directors. And if there is, is there anything that actors are doing? And the first thing that came out of her mouth, and it was really quick. So it tells me that, that this is something that she's always frustrated by. Is she's like, when actors apologize their way out of a role. That's so interesting. And here's how that looks. So, so you have a frame of reference and then I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, Nod. But it's like what she means by apologize your way out of the role. She said she's had countless times where she has brought in talent that she knows is great. They come in, they do their thing. And then she's like, awesome. They did great. And the, you can tell by you know people's body language and stuff across the panel that everyone also agrees that they did great. The, the producers, the, co- Producer, the executives, or the exactly. director. Or the writer, whoever's in the room. And then the actor goes, oh, I'm so sorry. That was terrible. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I meant to do this other thing. Can we, can we do it again? I'm sorry. You know, that was just awful. And she's like, don't ever do that because you might have just convinced a director who's also nervous, who also wants to be, uh, to look good in front of the producers. You might've just convinced the director that even though they thought you were good, oh, it, it was actually bad. And she has seen countless times directors switch their feelings because an actor has started the process of saying, hey, I'm not good enough. I think it's just like that, that level of like, you're just not trusting what you're doing. I was it. Did we talk about it on an episode here? That one time I was on the lot and then I like talked my way out of like this callback producer session. And I was like, I got to go put money in my meter. And then like never went back. I don't think we talked about it on here. We've talked about it, but tell them. 
I feel like I talked about it here though. So if this, if I'm repeating myself, you, I don't know. Either way, we'll repeat ourselves. It, yeah, it Lord. was just when I think about it, I'm like, oh gosh. I had went in for I can't remember the name of the show. So it was a while ago, and I had a producer session. And the director, now in hindsight, I can see that the director was like, just wanting to talk. He was like, awesome. He was like, hey, so like, thank you so much. Like, and I must have, knowing myself now, I must have felt so, um, like I basically sucked. Like I bombed that audition. Like yeah. it was garbage. Who knows what? I meant to close my eyes on that line and I didn't. Who knows what? And then I immediately was like, oh my gosh. Like the only thing that I could think of was my meter is going to expire and I have to go put money in my meter. But like my meter hadn't expired and I didn't have to put money in my meter. I think I was just like, I I don't know. I was like, I felt like I was bothering them and I felt like I was, I was like, even though he was literally making conversation with me. Yeah. He wanted I to talk. I felt like I was like uh, in the way, yeah. let me get out of your way. I don't want to bother you. I'm going to go put money in my meter. And it was like this weird, like, uh, okay. <laughs> I, I literally felt like I talked myself out of like a possible job because yeah. I did feel like it went well. I did feel like everybody in the room was really happy. And I just, it was just one of those things. And I ran out and I was so stressed out and I was like, my armpits were sweaty. <laughs> and it was like, I definitely, whenever you told me that story recently, it made me think of that again, like that moment. And I think it's yeah. just so when you're constantly apologizing for yourself for no reason, uh, that's just not a good look. Like, And it's also something to consider as a person. You know, like, so, you know, I, we've talked also a couple of times on the podcast about how often work in the arts can be an internal pursuit, you know, and, and in order to get out of your own way, often therapy is important to understand what your issues are, to understand your obstacles that you as a person keep coming up against that prevent you from being able to take the next level professionally. Yeah, awareness. And, and being aware that, hey, I feel like I have to apologize for standing in the presence of someone else. That's something to consider, like well, on a deeper level. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of it, I think, is like your worth. Like, do you feel like you're worthy? Do you feel like you're not valuable enough? Yeah. And I think that those are all things that like, you know, if you have a habit of doing that, and constantly second guessing yourself, I think to a point, I think sometimes um, people that are creative, they like to dwell and marinate in that like loathe or self pity because they seem it's like, oh, it's so like, <laughs> I don't know, emo is what I think of, but I know that doesn't pertain to like actors mainly. Like it's like a music thing, but it's emotional. It's emotional. So it's like, but I, I don't feel like that's conducive to like running your business, totally. which you are your business. And if you don't have a healthy, um, perception of yourself and, you know, like a healthy dose of self-esteem and confidence and, you know, you don't think that you're worthy, then who else? Is, nobody else is going to think. If you don't think you're worthy, nobody else is going to think you're worthy. That's right. And, it, you know, I think we talked about it with one of our guests, but it brings up the, the point that, and it's not talking about a fake worthiness, believing that, no, I'm going to believe that I can do this and maybe it will trick someone into thinking that I actually do believe that because authenticity shines through often. And, and 
in this conversation with the same casting director, something else that popped out of this conversation was so, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. You know, she talked about how it can be an exhausting day, spending moment after moment after moment with someone. Oh wait, no, actually that's going to be in our next uh, never mind. I was gonna. I was gonna release something that we're gonna release in our next episode. Never mind. I'm gonna take that back. We'll see you guys <laughs> next week. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but going back to the the apologizing for yourself, I think trying to understand and maybe this is where it would be helpful for actors to make their own thing so that they're on the other side of the casting um, table, so they understand that often what's happening is you want the right person to do great. You don't want people to come in and waste your time or well, theirs. Well, you want people to be great, but ultimately there's something that there's, I, I just know even for the short that we're working on together that we're you know trying to get made, it's like we've talked about certain characters that we have a like a vision for, right? And again, anybody can come in and completely give you something that you never even thought of. Totally. But I also think that a lot of times too, you have this, this like thing that you you've you've kind of created in your mind and visualized and sometimes it's just that per- there's a person that walks in that just does that thing and you're like yeah. that's them yeah and it's just you can have 30 other people that came in and did an amazing job in their own way right but that wasn't them that wasn't the character that was written on the page that you had in your mind when you wrote it that's right so I think that that's something that I'm excited to kind of be a part of this process when we start casting. Oh yeah. And um, let's talk about that for a second. I think we mentioned it in some of our send offs, but um, we're working on a project that we're super pumped about. It's a story that I came up with. Would you say an hour, uh, a year and a half ago? No. Uh, maybe less, but maybe because Judah's almost a year and a half old, and I feel like I think it was pre Judah. I don't know if it was pre... Well, maybe it was. Regardless, it was about a year and a half ago. Right. Came up with a a short idea, a comedy musical. um, And Nadia and I wrote something that we're super pumped about. Like, um, we're we're really excited about what it can be. And we got some awesome movement in it. We brought on a, a director now um, who has... We've been working together over the past couple of... Actually past two weeks but specifically the past two nights and we started uh really kind of breaking down the script and and getting it to the point where we can start casting and it's like oh my gosh we were talking last night that it's so cool to have an idea that was nothing a year and a half ago and to be at a point where we're like oh now this is an idea that other people now have ownership of also well i think that what was cool it's like you know um to be able to write something and especially if you're bringing in directors and he's going to produce but he's also going to direct so he's just he's bringing on like a line producer that can probably help or like an associate producer that will help because when he's uh on set he won't you know he it's funny we brought him in to interview him as a producer yeah and he had such great creative creative vision for whatever we had already written on the page, it was like he was enhancing parts of it. It was like he was, it was a true collaboration. And in that, it was like, you know, a lot of times I think like with, you know, things that I've written, I don't know about you, but it's just like sometimes people will pitch stuff and it's like, did you read what I wrote? Like, like you're literally pitching some shit to me that is like- A different idea altogether. It doesn't even, 
like it doesn't even make sense to what is even happening. And I think, I think, and again, this is just my opinion. It's like when you're getting feedback and the person giving the feedback, I think, which is what I loved about Eric Money Penny when we were doing sketch at the pack, yeah. was that he would look at your sketch and it's almost like he had to understand what it is that you were trying to do with your sketch and give you notes based off of that. Like he wasn't coming in unless you're maybe if your sketch was a complete train wreck, <laughs> then maybe he would kind of give notes that are like, okay, structurally like what's happening right. here. But I think that that's the good, I think that that's a good, um, I don't know what that skill? would be called. That'd be a like skill. a good skill, but like of a like feedback giver. It's because yeah. you know a lot of times I think it's like people will then like impose their. They want to make their thing happen, and well, not not help your thing. Well, maybe it's not even their thing, but maybe it's like the way that they see comedy or the way that they see things. And what I loved about Andrew is that he. That's the director. He, yeah, he basically took what was written. And I was like, he actually took the time, which was very impressive because a lot of times you'll send scripts to people and they're like, yeah, like send it and I'll read it. And literally they'll either A, never even open the email, B, never read it or C, never get back to you. And I get it. Like it's yeah. just, it's LA and people don't have time. But the truth is like, I was like, oh, he read it. He thought about it. Yeah. Thought about it in a way that was very intentional and um, was like, this is how we can make this better this how can make this easier you, you need to think about this there were just so many things that i'd never even thought about that we would need to consider in the making of this film love it and, and in doing so he unknowingly submitted himself to be the director and we were like he's the guy well he was like you know uh, i love music and i have a, hist a background in music and you know i'm producing he goes so i would definitely love to direct but obviously that's not what you brought me in here and he did it so respectfully so respectful and he so cool to just slip in the idea and, and that's important that's important what you're saying is important as someone who is trying to get better at making um intentions known it was cool to have the conversation about it and then him to do exactly what you said, say, hey, just so you guys know, I know I'm a producer. I know you brought me in for those ideas. I'd love to be a part of it in a directing role, but I understand. And then boom, he went back to producing conversation. Yeah. And then it left us with the colonel knowing that one, he wanted to. Two, we got the experience of the conversation where we were like, oh, he's got vision for this. Yeah. And three, he's not too pushy. Well, it's like he wasn't there with a, I don't, I don't know if the word is malicious, but he wasn't there, um, with like a passive aggressive, like, uh, intention or yeah. like, uh, yeah, his intentions were, I felt genuine. Totally. Whether or not we brought him on as director was besides the point. He was more than happy to just be part of the project. And I also think that that's kind of cool when you have people that can see what you're when they, you have a project that people can see and they are excited about it and can kind of see what you've seen. And the truth of the matter is, it's like, that's the kind of people you want to be making stuff with. You want to be making yes. stuff with people that can value and appreciate what you're trying to do and put out there. And, you know, I think a lot of times we can spend, um, I know I tend to do this sometimes. It's like, 
you know, if you don't get included in a project or like, you know, you have different circles of friends or whatever and people aren't bringing you on. And it's just like a lot of times you can make it about yourself and like feel bad about yourself. But the truth is, or if you are doing something and it doesn't seem like people want to be a part of it, it's kind of like, I mean, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I'm always that devil's advocate kind of person where it's like, yeah, I guess maybe if the stuff that you're putting out there and the content you're doing isn't like good or professional, there there is a reason why people might not want to spend their time. Right. I don't particularly feel like what we're doing is that. I think that there's just different um, sensibilities. Yes. But I definitely think that when you find your people. Totally. That, you know, when he talked about it with the guy that, um, I know you've worked with him in, when you did that short in, in the summer. Uh-huh. Um, but when he mentioned the idea to him about possibly DPing, because I know that after you worked on that short that you actually acted in, yeah. you're like, the DP's amazing. He would be great for our short. Absolutely. And he's was excited with the idea. So to me, it's like this awesome collaboration. It's like, find your people. You know right. what I mean? It's find your people and 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 don't be afraid to trust some people you know through this process i think you know so just to sh- share with our listeners you know a little bit of vulnerability like this is a project that i came up with that i was very protective over and um i wanted to direct myself i wanted to i'm going to be acting in it so i was like well i, I wrote this project and i want it to be something that that is handled with care because it was a very specific vision that you had in mind that I had in mind. And, and so there was a lot of, uh, I, I may maybe even say the reason that it took so long to start moving on it is because I have felt a protection over this going, I don't want to just give it to someone and then them mess it up. Right. Right. Well, that's, that's fair. And, but, but kindly my awesome wife, who's also an incredible professional, <sighs> over months and months would, would suggest, Hey, I know you want to direct it. Would you be open to considering a director? That way you can get lost in on the day. You know what I mean? Right. And, and you know, at first it was a hard no. And then it was, well, maybe I'll do a co-directing thing. And, and then it was like, you know, I, we started meeting with Andrew and it was like the, the, um, the nail in the coffin was, uh, him suggesting like you, right. That it would benefit this character for you to be able to get lost by finding a director and not stopping until we found a director who had the same vision, right? Someone that you can trust. And, you know, with the combination of all that, I think it was important for me as a, a creative person who was feeling protective, it was important for me to pivot and trust someone and be like, you know what? I'm going to share this thing that's my vision, but I see that there's, there's uh, a renewed passion in you, you know? Uh, and with, even with the ideas that you had, it's like it made it better. So who am I to sit there and go, no, I don't want it to potentially be better because I don't want it to get messed up. <laughs> well, yeah, I you think, know? yeah, for sure. But you got to choose those carefully. Yeah, of course. You well, know? that's the thing. And you always have to, I think, communicate, hey, I still want to be able to have a say in this. And hey, or whatever the dynamic is, whatever sure. the uh, agreement is, whatever the um, 
like the consensus between the two people that are like entering into this like uh, partnership, right? So I think um, I think that it's just it's really been cool to it's also been scary because now it's like all right, you guys are structuring out. Like yesterday when I wasn't here, you guys yeah. spent some time structuring out the script. We were going to have to take some things out because it's a little too long right now for film festival circuits. And it's just like the more, I don't know, it's like, and also when you're talking to somebody who knows what they're talking about yeah. in that sense, because, you know, producing on that level is like um, something that I'm not used to. And, you know, he seems to have done a lot of it. And I think we're all excited about it. But I'm like, oh, crap, we're going to get this we're trying to get this film done. Now it's like, how do we pay for it? And <laughs> oh, how yeah. do we, which I think will be a cool thing for us to talk about, you know, in the podcast as, and kind of you guys can uh, kind of uh, follow the follow journey, the journey yeah. because, and hopefully we'll see it to completion. Cause even to be honest, sometimes on the day to day, I have moments where I'm like, is this even going to get made? Like, yeah. it's just so fantastical that, and sometimes in my mind, I get overwhelmed with the how, the how, the how to, I, it's, here's the thing. It's not that the how's an issue because I definitely think movie magic, right? hundred percent. Anything is possible. I mean, come on, you've seen these amazing movies. I think it's just when you're two actors who are hustling, trying to get that next job, trying to pay their bills. Yeah trying to put food on the table for their babies waiting for their second baby to arrive and then you're like hey let's just go shoot this film that's gonna cost a couple thousand dollars to make right the way we would want it to be done for sure um it's like how are we gonna pay for this <laughs> so i think it's like even that i think that's adding like another layer of like oh man yeah. you know because then you see a lot of people who get films shot but then they're in post for like two years because they don't have the money to finish it. Totally. And those are kind of pitfalls that I think we, Nadia and I have talked that we want to learn those hard lessons uh, by watching someone else. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to go through the process of shooting something and then not having enough money to finish it, you know? I mean, so, so it's like, it's just hard. I, I remember I booked a film a couple of years ago and they shot, it's funny, I booked it and then they had, I wasn't supposed to shoot until later on in the schedule because it was like a low budget. Anyway, long story short, they shot like two thirds of it and then it was done. Like they just dropped, they just couldn't finish it. Yeah. And so I never got to work on it. Mm. Um, but it's also like that happens. happens so there's all the things time. that like don't get made during production and even in pre production, like things will start and then they don't. And then, sometimes in post-production that things costs like um, arise and you know, it's like you're out of budget. And then, so I think it's just, I think that this is just one of those, um, if I'm being honest, um, sometimes when we like brainstorm and we're all like talking through the three of us, um, and by the three of us, I mean the director that we've just brought on um, slash producer. And um, I'm like, this is all amazing. Yeah. But how? How are we going to get it done? And when? Because it's also, we're also planning for a freaking baby that's coming up. And, yeah. 
you know, I'm going to, I'm going to want to be on set as well. Kind of, of course. you know, helping and, um, overseeing some things and I'm in it in a small part. And then Preston's the, the, the lead. So it's, but then we also have a child at home and, you know, we don't have family nearby that we can just be like, Hey, can you just watch him? So it's like, yeah. you know, and then that's another thing. If you're paying for childcare, it's like, not only are we paying to get this movie made, but now we're having to pay somebody hourly to come watch our baby. And there's so many things, you guys. But the truth is, as much as I am afraid, I'm also super excited on trying to figure out how we can get this thing done because I, yeah. And if you're out there, you know, we, we got a lot of listeners who aren't necessarily in the industry, but they like it. They love movies and they're interested in what, you know, the process behind it. If you're out there going, you know, why, why do that? If you're an actor, why are you out there trying to make a movie? You know, yeah. um, something I, I'd like to break that down for just a couple of minutes, just to kind of expose the business part of why it's important to make your own stuff. And it's like, for me, something that crossed my mind a few years ago in the start of this film is you want to be able to meet and network with people who are doing the thing. Cause there's so many people out here in Los Angeles who are quote unquote actors or quote unquote writers or quote unquote directors. And they haven't done a thing. And you don't want to find yourself lost in that tribe trying to figure out how to move your career. And no one has. So it's like, where do you go? Where, how do you go meet someone? Well, you can go to school and that's a good way to meet people. It's not necessarily the only way. You classes, got for sure. Classes. There's a lot of ways to like meet people, for sure. But what's great about a short film or a film festival, putting your work up in something that is meant to bring in people from the industry to see your work, it's a great opportunity to have a digital or a, a live version of your art that people are going to see in order to try to find new talent, in order to try to connect with other people, to work together, to see something that inspires them, to sell something. And so for us, the dream of the short, and, and we'll unpack it as it goes along, but the dream of the short is to be something that is a treatment or a, a small preview into a feature-length film, a feature-length version of the short film. So what that would look like is we, we get this short film done, we shoot it, we edit it, we prepare it, we submit it to film festivals. Hopefully, God willing, it's great and it gets accepted into all the festivals. Mm -hmm. And then when it does, it shows, right? You, you, they put it up in a, uh, an actual theater. Um, you have the whole red carpet and you meet people and you, you invite people to your showing. And then Hopefully from there, it will garner interest from people who are there to buy short films or to buy projects of people who inspire them. Um, so what it would look like in a perfect world, and this is our aim, is we get it to a film festival. We have a great showing and a great turnout. People love the film. They come to us and say, hey, I love what you did. What else you got? And then we take our wonderfully crafted script and we drop it on their laps and we say, we got a full length movie ready to go. I guess we got to write that full length movie at some point. And that's part of it. <laughs> but then what happens in a perfect world, and, and I'm going to break this down in a second, but what happens in a perfect world is that script is sold. Now you have funding to make that movie. That is how it is done every single 
today in this business? Why not jump in now? Why wait until we're on a studio level after years and years and years of just Well, that's being an a different actor? process, right? Anyway, that's a well, different... Yeah, being yeah. an actor and being brought onto a process. But, but I look at it like this. If we have the experience of selling our own films, if we have the experience of what people are in the market for, if we also know how to package art and make it a commodity, something that's worth something, that is an invaluable skill set that makes you even more valuable as an actor. Because when you're brought onto a project, not only can you get lost in the skill that needs to be bringing a character to life, but you also understand what the uh, production side needs in order to make this film viable. And I think it just makes you uh, undeniably important to, um, you know, that makes you like rock level. He's not just an actor. He understands how his films are sold, why they're sold. And now he's a freaking mogul. Mm-hmm. So that's the dream. NBD. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. But, but along the way, like you were pointing out, is we're, we start to realize all the hurdles. You start to realize, oh, we got to get that script done. Oh, we got to get the, you know, the funding for it. Oh, we got to figure out what festivals would be great for this film. Oh, we got to figure out the team that we're going to pull together. Oh, we got to find these actors that should be incredible based on the script. You know, it's like... You start to understand the journey that you got, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to share it with you guys and be honest with it, and, and hopefully you'll enjoy hearing about it. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited and nervous at the same time, and hopefully we can figure it out timing-wise. Yeah. We'll see. I think you just got, you know, you just got to. I think we're, we're realizing as, as married actors that um, nothing is a sure thing. Nothing at all. No, it's, is there anything sure ever? I mean, Blockbuster's dead. Come on. Who would have seen that in the 90s? No one. Blockbuster was a staple. Blockbuster was a staple in everyone's home. I mean, the thing is, is things are always changing. You just got to figure it out. And with all the platforms that are out there, there's no reason why, you know, we can't be trying to create content. And again, I know we keep talking about this. So it's like creating content, creating content, creating content. Truth is, some people don't want to create content. Yeah. You know, and, and some people do. And some people get to a point. I was had a conversation with a friend the other day at an audition that I had. And, you know, she's been on a show for, she's been on and off shows for a really long time. She's been a consistently... A consistent working actress for a long time and um you know this last year was really slow and she just you know and even some of the stuff that she had booked like the pay is just not worth her time yeah um and she's not willing to work for that low of what they were offering her um for f- certain films and stuff i and saw she- a, i saw a meme that says know your worth and then add tax <laughs> yeah well um, and then she basically was like, I'm writing a pilot. You know, there was a story that she read about and she heard about it and, you know, she's trying to write, she or she's at, the pilot's actually almost done and she's going to be going to uh, Mexico city to do some research and then really start pitching it. But I think that she's somebody who's been doing this for at least 10 years, if not longer working. And she was kind of in that same mindset of like, I'm not a writer. Yeah. Because she was like, oh, great. Well, I have this an amazing idea, the story. You know, I'm just going to get a writer to write it. And everybody that she was taking meetings with was like, you just need to write this. Like, nobody's yeah. going to be able to, like, 
write down what it is that you have. And again, she's writing a pilot. She wrote the pilot. And who knows if something gets picked up by like a Netflix or, you know, you know, whatever platform, then at some that point there might be a um like um writers that they might bring on sure. on staff and again that's a different t- part of the process but for the most part they're just like you just got to write it and she's just like it's been so hard for me because I'm not a writer and I'm yeah. like girl I know I've been saying that for the last couple of years and it's just like but it's still it's like you have to kind of look at with where you're at and how you want to um just navigate your career instead of waiting for for it the phone to ring yeah i think we've talked about that a lot too yeah and i'm I, i'm over waiting for the phone to ring we don't got one we no. don't have a house phone i guess it's never gonna ring then never gonna ring great you know so that's what we're up to you know that's what we're moving towards these days you know outside of that you know just auditioning you know Waiting for uh, the, the quite literally the phone ring in those instances. Oh yeah, he was just on a veil for a, a job. Yeah, we were waiting for the phone to ring. It still hasn't rung. <laughs> so it's, and I think it shoots tomorrow. So so I guess it's not going to ring anyway. <laughs> not going to ring. On to the next. All good. On to the next. Onward and upward. And if you're un- unfamiliar, a veil is short for available, meaning that you've auditioned, you've gone through a callback, and the production wants you for the role. Generally, it's between you and another person. And they get you two on a veil, is what they call it, meaning you're available for the shoot dates. And then that gives them some time to make the final decision. So basically, once they're like, hey, we know it's between these two, they reach out to your agent, your agent uh, verifies with you, and you're on a veil, and you're on technical hold, meaning you can't shoot anything else during those days. But you have to be available for those dates. Yeah. And then they get to decide. And often they don't tell you if they didn't choose you. You only find out if they chose you. Yeah, so great. (laughs) So literally there have been times that uh, we've seen, you know, a project on TV and we're like, oh, I guess we didn't get that. (laughs) Yep. Guess I didn't get it two months ago or a year ago. Uh, Yeah. And that's that's a, a crazy thing that happens in this industry. But hey, it's part of it. Yeah. I've also found myself recently thinking, you know, there are a lot of like maddening parts of this business. Like for instance, them not letting you know you didn't get the job. Um, You can either focus on why that's frustrating and get lost in that. Right. Or you can just accept that that's part of it. You kind of got to accept that that's part of it. I mean, honestly, if you're going to do this for any long, any stretch of time, you cannot, at some point you just have to let that ish go you got to because it will make you bitter it will make you angry it'll 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 keep you discouraged it'll keep you like that's just bad enough i don't even know what else i need to add to that list to like make it worse like it's it's it's, just there's no it's almost like what's you get to the point to where you're you just eventually are like what's the point you know what i'm saying right and a lot of friends and a lot of people we know move out they leave yeah yeah and it's one of those things where it's kind of like being in 405 traffic and you're not from LA, it's the worst kind of traffic you can be in. You can be sitting still for a couple of hours and the truth is, is you can either be pissed about it and be yelling at every car that drives by you and believe me. And raise me, your blood pressure every single time you're on the road. And believe me, we see those people all the time. I am those people sometimes. Or you can kick back, turn that air conditioner high, 
put on a podcast like no be like show be and uh and just zone out you know obviously still still pay attention to the road um but you can either accept it or fight against it. And this is our yeah. way of accepting it. I, I, I had road rage back in the day. I used to get really bad had. road rage. It's had. Not, had I don't, it's not <laughs> even as bad. I literally used to get out of my car. I literally would like, if somebody did like a total dick move, like I would totally chase, like follow them, get out of my car. I literally, I think I kicked some guy's car once. I'm surprised I was not arrested. And I, and I would like bang on people's windows. I like, literally had the worst road rage and what's hilarious is you're five foot nothing so you're I know, a very I, tiny I, that, but person that's, but that's my point it was like in my it was just it was bad because th- the anger i mean listen <laughs> if you're waiting for a parking spot for 25 minutes and somebody just comes in and like just takes it I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that what I did was justifiable, guys. I mean, today I probably would, you know, who knows what on the news these days with freaking people getting like shot up and whatever. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. But literally it was like, I think I would get so overcome with like anger yeah. that I had I had lost all rationale. Like I literally was like cussing people out and it was just way too much. And I was like, this can It's a can't miracle be. you're still here. I know, it's a miracle. I know. And the, those and weren't some of my proud days. And then even now it's not as bad. So now if I'm like. Only occasionally am I driving and you reach over and slam the horn. Uh, and I'm like, <sighs> I'm going to be the one that gets yelled at. <laughs> it's so infuriating, guys. I know. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. She's learning to go with the flow instead of fighting against it. Yeah. it's. I still flip people off sometimes. I love it. And with that, babe, we're at an hour. Oh, goodness. We did it. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to stop shooting yourself. Stop shooting yourself, okay? And just be authentic and stay in your lane. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. That's right. Stay in your lane. Make sure that you're doing uh, whatever it takes to fight for your authenticity, both creatively and personally. And if you're out there about to be a new parent, we're right there with you. Um, If you'd like to follow the journey more about um, the short film, make sure to tune in every week. We'll have new episodes for you. No Be Like Show Be. We have also created a community page on Facebook. I just heard about it today. I created it. Nadia didn't know, um, (laughs) which is is often the case. But you can go onto Facebook and you can look up No Business Like Show Business Podcast. That is our page. Hit that like button. Once you do that like, then you'll have access to the community space. It is a community group designed for actors, writers, uh, filmmakers, uh, producers, editors, everyone to share work, to connect with each other and uh, talk about what they learned from They'll Be Like Shobi. Peace. Wow, what an episode. Wow. What an episode. Whoa. Magic. Was it? Was it magic? Actually, it felt like magic. It was a lot of fun for me. Yeah. What about for you? You're on Instagram. Clearly, you're still I'm not excited here. about it. <laughs> no. Basically, I went on Instagram because I was trying to pull up a quote. And uh-huh. actually, you know what? Pull it up. Maybe I'll still say it now. While you're doing that, I want to share some things. So um, this week was a check-in from us. It's so exciting to be able to check in with you guys again. Uh, We had the intention of having check-ins every month. 
through a series of incredible um, interviews and uh, Halloween spectaculars, we have not been able to. But now we're back uh, to being able to check in and share with you guys. So thanks for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on No Be Like Show Be Facebook where you can click uh, the community page. You might have just heard about it or maybe you're tuning back into the podcast and that's your, uh, that's your click. Yeah, it sounds like it. I'm going to have to join it too because I didn't even know about it. Yeah. <laughs> did so you find the quote? I did. I want to hear So it. I went on Instagram because I was going to try to find this quote while we were talking because we were talking about like your people and like doing projects where actually people are excited about what you're doing. And it's like Love if it. you have to beg somebody to like read something or you have to beg somebody to like be excited about something, those aren't your people. So, and it's no. fine. They don't, they don't have to be your people in that way. Like they can, they can be, you know, people that you're doing the grind with too, but it's just like, there's things that like people are doing that are friends that I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's funny. And yeah, I don't like, okay, cool. It's just, everybody's um, sensibilities are so different to things. True death. So all that to say, we are talking about that. And I had remembered a, like a meme, I guess. It's like one of these like, mindset of greatness like memes um on social media and it says <gasps> wow, wow what just happened you guys i'm dying from hiccups go for it babe. great it says the right people appreciate you they value you your energy and your time they cherish you they believe in you and support you however they can they don't make excuses and their actions speak louder than words that's how you know who's meant to stay in your life okay you guys I know this sounds a little like, it can be a little like cheese ball, but I honestly thought it was super, um, a good reminder. It's like, totally, you know, not everybody's going to appreciate you or the work that you're doing. Not everybody's going to value your time, your energy or you, um, you know, it's just, it's just different strokes for different folks. And it's like, not everybody's going to support you. And, you know, there's going to be people out there that are making excuses that they, they say they're going to do this or, Hey man, let's go get coffee or, Hey man, we should hang out or, Hey man, let me read that thing or, Hey man, send me that thing. And it's like, they do, you do. And they, they're, Oh man, I was so busy. It's like, I think that the people, what I really appreciated about the talk that we just had too was just like reminding uh, a great reminder of like, you know, you reached out to that guy, this guy that you worked with as right. you, you, you worked on a short as an actor yep. that you were hired for. And you were like, Hey, like he was super professional and said he might want to produce. And the truth is it was a long shot. Totally. Maybe he would have, maybe he wouldn't have been. And he, he was just, professional like he got yeah. back to you we met when he came he had no it was like there's times where i've sent i've sent stuff to people and it's like you can tell they didn't read the shit like you can even consider these people friends yeah and yeah. even like emails it's like hey so was i supposed to do this i'm like did you not read the email i sent you <laughs> and again i get it listen everybody's busy but i think it just Come on, like at some point, anyways, it was, it's crazy that I was impressed because I don't even feel like that right. should be something to be impressed about. I feel like that should be the standard. Wow, you got back to us. <laughs> wow, you read the thing. I can actually like have some, like have ideas. Yeah. It's like, that's what we're bringing you here for. So to me, when I read this, it just reminded me of those times when you feel like, 
Yeah, it, it reminded you of the truth behind, you know, what could, like you were saying, it could potentially be corny and whatever and frou-frou, but the truth is there. The truth is, is it's absolutely right. People who, uh, people who are worth working with are the people who make it easy, not the people who are, are you have to beg, plead, and barter, you know? And honestly, you guys, it's like, sometimes, listen, I can't speak for everybody. I can only speak for myself. A lot of the times... I feel like when my feelings get hurt about stuff, it's not even about the person. It's about myself. It's about like, what was wrong with me that you guys didn't reach out to me? And the truth is, it's like, don't make it about you. Like you can't take everything so personal. Like it's easy to do that. So, And I think the more you do that, the more that you can get in your own way from being able to continue to do the work that you love and also just be happy for other people like even if they're you're not part of what they're doing love it like that's totally fine it's like it's like hey you can root for people from afar and be like awesome good for you that you're doing it because the truth is it's so easy to like look at things other things that people are doing and be like oh i could have done it better or oh like that's not funny but the truth is it takes a lot just to get up and like create something I love that. And that speaks to me, what you're saying, because even in that quote, it's like, you're reading that quote and you're, you might even, I, whenever Nadia was reading it, you might even think, be thinking to yourself, oh, I know these people in my life, or I've had this experience with these people in my life. And then I would challenge us all to go, well, don't be those people to other people. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, uh, be a cheerleader. Don't be so, don't, don't be a hater. You don't have to jump on to every job. You don't have to help everyone uh, to where you, you, you know, you yourself can't get stuff going on, but don't be someone that's just a no for the sake of being no for people. You, like know you don't I mean? got to be sipping on that haterade. Hey, there's enough work out there for everyone. And if you're the one that's like, eh, no, don't like it. Uh, it's going to suck. Uh, here's why it's never going to work. If you're that person, <laughs> then like, there's no way that that can't seep into your own work and people sniff that out. I love how you're standing there with a button up yeah. flannel shirt with a V-neck white t-shirt, your Hanes black, not, they're not even boxers. I don't know why you call them they're boxers. They're boxer briefs. They're long briefs and your house shoes and white ankle socks. You know, whenever you get style and whenever you get like a natural in, intuition to like uh-huh. fashion, mm-hmm. you can't be held down you can't be bothered you can't be bothered by societal norms you know you got to take risks and whenever you're doing a podcast that no longer has the video element you can well you you wouldn't wear that if we had a guest because we lost the video element no i totally would you would not if they felt comfortable me being in boxer briefs you would totally not if they felt comfortable i might you wouldn't if it was a dare or something okay maybe a dare if it was like a funny thing if the let's say they said oh you wouldn't sit here in your boxer briefs and then you know because of the time i would have them sign a paper that says that it's okay that i sit in my boxer briefs in their presence okay and then i would sit in my boxer briefs as a joke i would do that okay would you not do that no oh maybe i'm weird maybe you are (laughs) maybe that's a problem (laughs) maybe it is Hey, look, I'm just trying to turn you on. That's what you said earlier. Is it working? You, you said that earlier with something that you did, and I was like, why would that turn me on? <laughs> like, I said something in, in Spanish. Story. No, it wasn't. That's what it was. I, read, I, read, I was reading to Judah, and I said a phrase in Spanish that you didn't know that I had memorized. Weren't we at church? No, that was, that was before. It was Weren't before we at we Chipotle? Went. No. 
I mean, there might have been something else that I was doing to try to turn you on at Chipotle, but specifically that conversation happened whenever I was reading you the book. I said siete te. No, I didn't. You I did s- not. No, no, no. It wasn't siete te. It was uh, que es eso. Oh, God, exactly. I'm like, literally, I'm like, what are you talking about? All right. Hey. All right. Well, I anyway. I keep trying. So anyways, what are we saying? I was just saying that. I was saying that don't be a dick. Be the person that's a cheerleader. Be helpful. <laughs> don't be you a know, hater. Also something I'm learning, someone who's been overly uh, supportive in a way that's damaging to people sometimes. I think it's important to be honest with your criticism. So when I, say don't be a, when I say don't be a dick, I don't mean tell someone their thing is great when it's not because I think that's damaging. I mean, be nice about it. <laughs> I mean, if someone says, hey, is this, uh, is this script good? Be like, here's what I would do to improve it. You know what I mean? Here's, here's my notes to help. What if they're not asking for your notes? Uh, only if they are. Now, if they say, hey, did you like it or not? Be like, hey, thank you for sharing. <laughs> That's what I would say. Yeah, I've just learned that sometimes it's just hard. It's like if somebody's like, hey, what do you think of this? I'm like... Do you want my honest opinion? Hey. or? <laughs> No, that's the worst. Do you really want me to tell you how I feel? No, I want you to freaking lie to me. Anyway. Hey, well, you never know. People are, t- you know, people are touchy. I mean, no one wants to including be Including us. And including us. So if you like this show, great. Tell us. And, and if, if you, you didn't don't like it, it tell us you tell loved us. us. Tell, no, tell us you loved us. We don't tell care. Tell us you loved it anyway. You can lie. Um, but I do want to say a couple of announcements before we wrap this up. Um, first off, thank you for joining us every week. This is episode 26 of a podcast we thought might not last that long. I didn't think it was going to last a month. So just kidding. I did. I did not. I didn't think that. I so, just, I'm laughing because I was always just like, who's going to listen to us? So to all the thousands of listeners around the world, thank you. Schmank you. Schmank you very much. And then uh, the other thing I wanted to say is you can log on now to... Um, uh, if you swipe up, you can click on our Facebook page. That's where swipe you can Swipe up. It. Swipe up on what? Yeah, on your podcast app. You're most likely listening to this on your phone. And if you swipe up, it will show you all oh. the links that I spend so much time every every freaking week. I spend so right much now. time making sure that people have clickable, quick media. They can get a hold of all of our guests. They can follow us on Twitter. Or excuse me, on Instagram. It's all right there. And all you have to do is just literally swipe up. You're, you're, you don't even have to know what I'm talking about, but if you put your finger on your screen and you swipe up, you will see a description of our episode and links that you can click and it makes it super easy. So swipe up now. Yeah. Do you see it? No. Swipe up. Do you okay. see it? Swipe up. Yeah. I don't see it. Let me see your screen. Nadia's testing it. Can you show me your screen? I can tell you how to do it. Perfect. Keep swiping. There's only Instagram, 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 Instagram. I I know I'm going to put, sorry guys, this is inside baseball. I'm putting the link to this on this episode. So it's not on last episode. Then why are you telling me to swipe up? I'm telling them to swipe up and you said, oh, there's links. And I was explaining to you how you can swipe (sighs) up. That's where the confusion came. There is no Facebook link currently on any of our episodes, but the one that you just heard, you can swipe up and you can click that link and you can be a part of our community where we'll have giveaways and we'll have uh, knowledge and everyone can share their headshots or whatever. It's going to be great. Great. And we're going to make a shirt. I'm, I'm declaring it now. It's going to be stop shooting yourself. 
Great. Don't. Uh. <laughs> awesome. Can't wait. Awesome. Well, that's all I have, babe. Do you have any any announcements? Anything nope. you want to say to the people? Nope. I love it. <laughs> I don't have anything. Until next week. Peace. <laughs>